Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello Jets fans and welcome back to Game Over. My name is Les, I'm one of your regular hosts. The Winnipeg Jets are a wagon, dude, and we are here to talk about it and get super excited for yet another win. Undefeated in 2024, back atop in lone spot, first in the league. Winnipeg Jets, baby. I'm joined by Mike Gould today. Mike, how are you doing? Well, I'm in my car. Uh, This isn't normally where I would be uh, coming to you from. Uh, I was watching the game uh, while I was working at an AJHL game this evening, uh, but I, I got a pretty good impression of, of what happened, and uh, thanks uh, thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, absolutely. I know uh, Mike's got a lot of uh, – he's, he's in the know when it comes to everything Arizona Coyotes, so I wanted to make sure I got him on a game, so I asked him you know, quite some time ago. Um, don't think I was expecting to be covering um, – a massive wagon in the Winnipeg Jets at that time, and also a kind of wagon in the Arizona Coyotes too. Both teams kind of exceeding regular expectations so far this year, and both fan bases kind of having a good time. So I'm glad I have Mike on here to talk about it, and I'm glad I have all you guys here uh, in the chat live with me right now, talking talking hockey, getting excited about the team. I see lots of people in the chat. We got Julian, we got James, uh, we got Nicholas, we got lots of people here to get excited about the Winnipeg Jets. So I'm super excited to get into it. Uh, before we talk about the very specifics of the game, Mike. Can you tell me a little bit about what your thoughts were on the Winnipeg Jets going into this one and what you were expecting from this team? Well, I knew they had been hot. Uh, you know, obviously, Connor Hellebuck, uh, you know, if he's not the best goalie in the league, he's he's right there. He's he's obviously on a big contract now, but I don't think that's going to be much of a concern uh, if he keeps playing like this. I thought the Coyotes had a real tough time getting pucks by him today, but they had trouble getting pucks on net in general. Um, it's, it's kind of a weird team in a sense, because you look at teams like the Jets in the past who have exceeded expectations as you talk about, and they've usually been led by like a really big top line, uh, or, or scores who are on pace for a hundred points. The Jets don't really have that. Like it's never like it's, it's, they don't have like, they're not like the flames from a couple of years ago where they had Johnny Gaudreau scoring 115 points. Uh, they're not the Canucks this year where they have Elias Pettersson on pace for a similar year. Uh, they're they're more doing it by committee uh, with you know guys like Shifley at a point per game or or uh, Connor although he's hurt uh, or Ehlers uh, who has been really good since Rick Bonus finally gave him some ice time. Um, yeah, it's 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 really more of a committee type team with a, a really strong defense and of course uh, the best goalie in the world probably. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is the big thing. I actually, uh, I got a shout from, um, from CBC earlier today. They're like, Hey, they sent me a text. Actually, it was so funny. I was in the States this weekend. So my phone plan was all weird. We crossed the border and I, I turned it back on. They're like, Hey, can you give us a call before five? It was like, quarter after four and I was like hey so sorry but they wanted me to come uh jump on so just a little plug I will be on CBC News um Manitoba or whatever the info radio tomorrow at 8 20 talking about Jets being first in the league and they're like what's different about this year versus last year right because obviously at this point last year Winnipeg Jets weren't you know doing too shabby they were top of the top of the west I want to say definitely top of the division they might have been top of the west at that point I don't remember for sure but all that's to say they were looking pretty good, but I was not nearly as sold on that team as I am on this one. And like you said, it because it's success by committee, right? Like they had a couple players shooting crazy percentages last year. They had Connor Hellebuck bailing them out of games and stuff like that. But I mean, across the board, we have some people in the chat talking right now about how few goals the Jets have let in in consecutive games. You know, we're at almost 30 games now with three or fewer against. Uh, and, and, you know, goal scoring is kind of spread out across the lineup, which is really fantastic. And it's a lot more sustainable than, you know, banking on guys shooting, you know, 23% or a bunch of guys like Johnny Gaudreau, 115 point seasons, right? So I think it's it's a lot more of a sustainable recipe for success. Um, so... Uh, Hold on, sorry. I just see my my stream is cutting out a little bit, so hopefully the the internet picks up. But um, but yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the specifics of this game here. So obviously for the Jets on their side, um, this is the last uh, game of a West Coast road trip. Also the mentors trip, which I gotta say shout out to the Jets um and to everyone who's doing been doing content around that. Not sure if you've seen anything about it, Mike, but uh, the the content's been pretty funny when it comes to all the dads and uncles and brothers and all those good guys on the trip with them, and they're they're having the time of their lives. Um, but this is the Winnipeg Jets like seventh game in 11 days or something crazy like that they've had two back-to-backs since December 30th and not a lot of rest or anything like that so we're expecting a little bit of a sluggish start but I I can't say that's what we got from the Jets what what were your thoughts on the first period of this one oh the first period was was real lopsided uh it was you know it, it was exacerbated I think by a couple of power plays that Winnipeg got early on and I think that really uh gave them the jolt they needed they scored uh, you know, pretty early on, and and you know, from there they kind of just took over. Um, yeah, it, it was kind of a funny game at first. I was feeling, you know, it could go either way, and then the shots, like the shots, were lopsided from the get go pretty quickly. But I wasn't thinking it was super like one sided in Winnipeg's favor. And then just at a certain point, it kind of just clicked. And uh, yeah, Karel Vimelka was very strong early on. Uh, the game kind of got away from him later, uh, and Hellebuck. Uh, barely had to do anything i mean uh, it was just one of those games where you know uh, the coyotes in and of itself they're a funny team recently they've, they've been mired in a bit of a slump uh before that you know they were playing a lot of teams reasonably close this was a game where uh where winnipeg really stifled them and i think it's both a uh i think it's both a symptom of the jets playing very well right now and arizona uh in a bit of a in a bit of a dry spell they've only scored four goals in their last three games um so and yeah, the first period was a really good encapsulation of that, where it was just, it was pretty much uh, Winnipeg. I would say after the 10 minute mark of the first period, it was really them taking over the game. Yeah, 100%. And I just have my, uh, on my phone here, I don't know, I'm going to try and move it so you guys can see the glare. Ha! Can't see the specifics of the numbers, but we've all seen the hockey stack cards and you can see how skewed they are. Um, you know, you know, a lot of Jets had really positive games kind of across the board today. Um, and one Jet in particular that I thought had a pretty phenomenal game. Um, Want to give a shout out to Cole Perfetti. Uh, what were your thoughts on that player tonight? You know, as a Arizona Coyotes guy, I'm sure you're no stranger to young players coming into a lineup and seeing how they can have an immediate impact on the game. Cole Perfetti 
Freddie has been a really big bright spot uh, among many in this Jets team so far this year. Um, amazing work. I gotta say my favorite player of the game was definitely his board's work on that first Vlad Nemesikov goal. Shout out to the boy for, for pot in that one, but I, I think my favorite part of it was for sure the, the nice work on the boards. Um, just what are your thoughts on that player and you know what you saw from him in this game? Yeah, he's a really fun player to watch. I think he is a guy who, when you look at Logan Cooley going up through the ups and downs of his first season, I think a guy like Perfetti is a good guy uh, for him to look at as a as a uh, as a as a comparable as a trajectory to be trying to follow. Because Perfetti is obviously a couple of years older, uh, and he had his growing pains last year, obviously. Uh, but I thought he was pretty strong uh, generally. Uh, but of course, yeah, ups and downs. And now this year, I think he has been really strong and I was very impressed by him tonight uh he's fast he's very skilled I mean he was obviously a huge scorer in junior and it's interesting how the Jets with their drafting they they seem to like to prioritize these types of guys I mean Brad Lambert is a kind of a similar guy who I saw with Seattle last year and liked a lot and obviously this year with Manitoba he's taking some strides uh and Perfetti is just Perfetti is a guy who it is, it is kind of interesting because sometimes you get with these teams uh, an evolution in a core where you go from older players to younger players without actually disrupting your window. And it is kind of interesting to me that, you know, Blake Wheeler is out and Cole Perfetti is in and it just kind of happened overnight. It was just kind of a, a, an interesting seamless switch. Uh, and, and I think it is for the betterment of the team because Blake is at the point where he's not as effective, not necessarily a, a key contributor at this point in this point in his career and i think cole has picked up a lot of the slack and uh, obviously he's not as imposing as blake is uh but he is he's he's got a ton of skill and i'm i was again i was super impressed by him tonight and i'm not sure what he projects to be long term if he's going to be a center or a winger i know there were people saying he was going to be a center when he was drafted what have you i'm sure that's still a debate in winnipeg land uh but you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm impressed i think he is a top six guy for sure as of now and that's the one thing about the Jets that really intrigues me is, is the depth that they have gained. Um, obviously, they, they move Dubois, they get in Ayafalo, they get in Velarde, and, uh, and then Perfetti's emergence gives them, I think, three pretty good scoring lines that they can rely on. And I think that has been a, a, a big catalyst to their success. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the fact that they have some players that can move around in that lineup have helped to kind of distribute the wealth of that scoring a little bit. But they still, uh, as of right now, especially with the Connor injury, we know what that did to the lineup to shake things up. But they really have that uh, that top line stacked up. And I thought that they had a, a pretty excellent game tonight. So that's the, obviously, Mark Shifley, Nikolai Ehlers, and Gabe Velarde line. Um, you know, potted a couple points, which was great. Um, I got to give a massive shout out to the most Nikolai Ehlers goal of all time, um, which was his goal tonight where he made a pass um, that did not work, but he recovered, scored with a beautiful shot, and then fell. That that is Nikolai Ehlers twenty, and that goal was so funny. I I loved every second of watching that one. And then uh, I made a joke on Twitter, and I was making the joke to my parents too on the on the Mark Shifley breakaway goal there. Um, great pass, um, and great little poke by him, but that pass was happening, regardless of whether or not Mark Shifley was ready for it. We see those Nikolai Ehlers passes all the time, where sometimes he'll just be flinging it into no man's land. Every now and then, though, he hits tape, and it ends up being a good one, and Mark Shifley makes no mistake on that one. But what were your thoughts on that top line and some of the success that they saw tonight? Well, it's really been an interesting experiment, I think, for this Jets team with Connor being injured, because I think it has given Rick Bonus perhaps, the push that he needed uh, to, to give... Ehlers a bit more rope. I know it's been a sticking point among the fan base, 
in previous years under various head coaches. I know uh, Ehlers' deployment has always been a hot-button issue. And uh, it seems to be really, really working right now. Obviously, the Jets are the hottest team in the league. And, and yeah, I mean, he's a guy who you watch him and you wonder, you know, this guy was drafted in the same draft as William Nylander, and you wonder how their paths diverged a little bit because they're in some ways kind of similar in the ways that they play the game. And obviously, Nylander is one of the best wingers in the planet. He's about to sign for $11, north of mil, $11 million. And Ehlers has never really had that sort of similar type of pedigree or respect among certain fans and coaches and other circles. Uh, but he fits really well on that line. I mean, he and Shifley do good work together. And and Velarde, I mean, that is just such an interesting player. Uh, he was a player who, you know, had been rumored uh, from L.A. for a long time in various deals. There were people who were saying that when Shekharin got traded to to Ottawa, that if they had done it to L.A., Velarde would have been one of the pieces, uh, probably with Sean Dersey, who ended up going to Arizona anyway. Um, and yeah, Winnipeg gets him, and he is he's really good. I mean, he is he's a really nice complimentary piece for Shifley. Uh, he is he's he's just a he's he's he. It's hard to describe what he does because he does so many little things. So I'm, I'm a big fan of him. And uh, yeah, Shifley is a hard player to pin down. He he he's a player who's not necessarily among the elite centers in the league. Uh, but he is just sort of, he, he's just sort of a glue guy, which is hard to say about a top line center, but he, he makes guys around him just look a little bit better just by, by association. So it's, it's a line that I thought worked very well tonight and uh, Winnipeg, you know, they, they continue to win and, and they're a big reason why. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, moving a little bit away from the five on five piece, because I know that that's to me the biggest storyline for the Winnipeg Jets all throughout, you know, the 40 or so games they've played this season is the fact that across the board at five on five, um, other than a few outliers of a couple minutes and a couple stretches or a couple games here and there, um, it's been really solid. But, um, you know, I'm sure I see a lot of regulars in the chat here that are going to, you know, maybe groan, but also maybe, you know, start typing away when I start talking about special teams, because that's what we've been talking a lot about on Game Over for the last little bit. Um, but the Winnipeg Jets had a couple power plays tonight, um, and it didn't look awful. Um, before we get into the specifics of the power play, can you tell me a little bit about Arizona's penalty kill and what, um, you know, we, we saw from them tonight slash what their general kind of mantra is when it comes to how they play at four on five. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. Uh, Arizona is currently without Barrett Hayton. They've been without him for a bit. He's a pretty reg- regular penalty killer. Um, you know, their penalty kill has been up and down, uh, but being without him is, has been a real detriment. And I thought for a lot of tonight, they just, they were having trouble putting together passes. Um, obviously, I think they got scored on, on a six on five, which was not great. Um, their guys, I mean, they take, I think they take a fair few penalties, uh, maybe more than they should. They have a lot of guys who, have a predilection to getting into, you know, unnecessary scrums and uh, and scuffles and, and stuff like that. And so it kind of hurts them in the long run. Um, yeah, it, it really depends on the game for them. Uh, in the aggregate, I would say they're probably below average. Um, but uh, I think the Jets did a pretty good job of, of, of anticipating what they were trying to do on the defensive side tonight. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think part of that is, um, and and you know, I think Josh Morrissey is the perfect player to to take a look at when it comes to understanding how 
momentum and confidence and a cushion can change the way you move. And I think in a game like tonight where, you know, honestly, like if they had come in and absolutely, you know, for lack of better terms, crapped the bed and had a terrible game, I don't think anyone would have really been upset. You know, it's been a really long stretch. They've been really good and all these kinds of things. Um, but part of the mojo that comes with, with players like that and, you know, times like this is is the confidence that you see and how it changes the way, you know, they play. We've seen you know, maybe last year, as you would probably know, last year's Flames and last year's Canucks, this year's Oilers early on in the season. When, when things aren't going well for teams, you can tell in the way their shoulders sag, in the way that, you know, certain plays happen that they're just, you know, they're not as excited to be there. They're not feeling as confident in, in their swagger and all those kinds of things. And, and I think with the Winnipeg Jets having as much confidence momentum as they have right now, it's translating into them having a little bit more, like I was saying, yeah, for lack of a better term, swagger in the way that they they move the puck. And that really helps in the power play. And I think we're starting to see better looks on this power play. Obviously, things have, have gotten better in the last, you know, handful of games, whatever they've had, you know, more than zero goals in the power play, which is nice. I'd still like to see that first unit start firing a little bit more. Um, but I thought the Winnipeg Jets power play had some decent movement tonight. I don't know if you have any comments on anything you saw from them obviously we had quite a few instances of that power play a couple of interesting calls uh tonight but uh you know you, you win some you lose some and i i will give a shout out to the refs on um the assist on the nikolai Ehlers. i believe it was drawn interference penalty where i think the ref interfered with him a little bit more than the than the coyote player did but it is what it is uh, any thoughts on the jets um or frankly the officiating too if you want to go down that road go ahead <laughs> Honestly, officiating is such a slippery slope for, you know, for commentary and stuff like that. I, I tend not to get into it unless I find it like really, really egregious. And I didn't find anything too, too bad tonight. Um, you know, obviously the Coyotes results on the PK tonight were okay. Um, their process I thought was maybe a little bit uh, sluggish until the end of, you know, sort of closer to the end of the game. Um, they, I mean, I don't have a problem with their PK as much as I do with the penalties that they take. And it's not, you know, I'm not criticizing the refs for making those calls. I'm criticizing the coyotes for making those plays that, that get them into that, in that, in that bad position. Um, yeah. Winnipeg's power play. I mean, they, they move the puck around. Well, they've got lots of skilled players. Um, it, it's, I don't think, you know, I watch a lot of the flames and, and with the flames, it's an issue of uh, their personnel. I don't think is up to snuff at times when it comes to being able to make certain plays in the power play. I don't think the Jets have that problem. They have more than enough talented players, and it's sometimes just a matter of mixing up the uh, the different looks, mixing up the chemistry, uh, changing out certain players. Obviously, they don't even have Kyle Connor right now. Like that's one of your biggest PP weapons. So I, you know, I would I would be a little bit more lenient in that respect. Uh, probably. I mean, I'm an, an impartial observer. Every team hates their or every fan base hates their team's power play. It's it's a uh, I think it is a rule of hockey. They just hate they hate them unless they're top five in the league. Um, and even then they probably have some issues with it. So, uh, you know, I, as an impartial observer tonight, I didn't see anything with the Jets power play that made me say, oh, this is kind of, uh, yeah, it's not really up to my standards. I saw some issues, with the Coyotes power play, uh, but that's a different topic entirely. Um, but yeah, I mean, they didn't score, but they had a six on five goal and I thought generally they controlled the pace of the game. So I can't really fault them necessarily for not converting on the extra on the extra attacker opportunities. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that that's what I like to hear. And, you know, obviously, you're 100% right. It's the same thing with officiating. It's the same thing with penalty kill. Like, everyone thinks it's, you know, the the blinders come on when it comes to your own team and you start looking at it, you know, a little bit less objectively than we all might like to admit. But I will say, 
I'm keeping the blinders on for this one because the Jets' power play has been like visually bad. Like whatever. Tonight though, I like I didn't have any beef with the way that they look tonight, and I think they're trending in the right direction. So I'm glad to hear you say that because I think yeah, like you said, as a neutral observer, pardon me, someone coming in with a little bit more of an objective lens than the rest of us, um, you know, hearing that is good. And that's encouraging and motivating and all those kinds of things. So that's what I like to hear. And like you said, that six on five goal. That was a beauty, too. I, I was a big fan of that one. I was happy they were able to, to move the puck around on that one and, and make it happen. Um, so I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, so obviously we've talked a lot about the Jets today. And so, as I'm sure everyone in the chat is well aware, back in sole possession of first in the league, which is great. So, you know, doing a lot of things right to, uh, to get to that point. Um, and I'm not trying to throw you or your teams under the bus, but you know two teams a lot better than I do, and a lot better than, frankly, the rest of us here in the chat who are pretty focused on the Jets here in the Arizona Coyotes and the Calgary Flames, who I don't think are bad hockey teams by any stretch, but they're not first in the NHL right now. What are some things that you notice about the NHL, the NHL Jets? I'm all over the place. <laughs> the Winnipeg Jets tonight, um, or just at all, just with this team that you see that maybe you don't see in these other teams that aren't doing as well as them right now. Because right now what we see is, you know, we watch every single game and we're like, oh, these are all the little things that, you know, we're keeping track of. But it's harder to look big picture at this team when you watch every game with a microscope, like I'm sure a lot of us in the chat here do. So I'd just like to hear a little bit about kind of your more bigger picture thoughts on what's going so well for this team right now. Yeah, so with Arizona specifically, what I see with the Jets that they don't have is is uh, is probably forward depth and defense. And, uh, you know, obviously Winnipeg is without Kyle Connor right now. Uh, Arizona's without Barrett Hayton and Jason Zucker. Uh, Hayton is their number one center with uh, Keller and Schmaltz. And he's not the most productive guy, but it, him not being there is just, it throws their lines out of whack. And, excuse me, as a result, that means that Alex Kerfoot is playing up with those two. And and uh, Kerfoot's been fantastic, but it's 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 a uh, it's just a different world when you know you have uh, you know Shifley and 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 Ehlers and and Iafalo and and, and Velarde and and a bunch of guys who I'm trying to list off the top of my head. Perfetti, who Nemesnikov, you just go up and down that lineup, and there are tons of really skilled guys who play their roles and are slotted in at the right spots. You know, Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton and guys like that. And with Arizona. Uh, you know, they're banking on a lot of young guys. They're banking on Logan Cooley, who is not a top six center yet, uh, who probably will be. Uh, but that's that's the thing is he's he's a year or two behind a guy like Cole Perfetti. Um, and, you know, his ceiling may well be higher than Cole Perfetti. I don't know. Uh, but it's just he's not at that point in his development. Yeah, and Dylan Gunther, it's the same thing. Um, and uh, and then you look at defense and that's the real big uh, hole for Arizona. Uh, is they have two guys who are top four defensemen and Sean Dersey and JJ Moser. And uh, then it's a lot of question marks. Matt Dumba has been horrendous this season. Uh, Yusuf Alamaki has been okay. Travis Dermott has been okay. Troy Stetcher has been okay. But it's, it's, it's this, it's this sort of murderer's row of, eh. and it's, and it's not, you don't have the, the guy uh, like in Calgary where it's a Mackenzie Weger who you can play 26 minutes a night or, uh, or Josh Morrissey, who you can play a lot. Uh, that's that's something that Arizona is without, and so when you know Dmitry Simashev is coming, but they need to maybe make a trade uh, or do something because they just don't have that guy. Uh, with Calgary, um, you know the funny thing is all three of these teams have pretty good goaltending. Jacob Markstrom has been very good this year. Uh, Connor Ingram has been good this year, and obviously Hellebuck has been outstanding. Uh, what Calgary obviously is missing is is just that number one center because uh, Elias Lindholm was on his way out. Um, he'll be, he'll be traded for sure before March 8th. 
Uh, and even, you know, what he is right now is uh, he's a guy who has regressed on a major scale. He was a guy who was capable of playing, uh, you know, number one center minutes and scoring 40 goals uh, and being not just uh, a beneficiary of Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau, but making them better as well. Um, and now he's at a point where he has lost a lot of that mojo. Nazem Kadri has been a, a very good player this season, but he's just not that that top of the lineup player who you can count upon. You know, Kadri is a guy who you want to have behind a guy. You want to have him behind Nathan McKinnon, or you want to have him behind Austin Matthews. Um, having him as the guy is not a winning formula. Jonathan Huberto has been a lot better in January, but he was horrendous in December. So it's with Calgary, it's the forwards that Winnipeg has that they don't have. Um, and it's that chemistry that they don't have. I mean, obviously, Huberto has had chemistry with pretty much nobody. Kadri has chemistry with Connor Zary, and that's about it. Uh, Elias Lindholm has had chemistry with uh, nobody. So it's, 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 it's a lot of that. And, you know, beyond that, it's some intangible stuff. I mean, Calgary... I don't even know. Like it's it's Calgary is Calgary is a team that just makes my head hurt. They are they're a really horrendous team uh, that is intellectually dishonest about what they are. Uh, and Arizona is just a team on the upswing that is not ready yet. Uh, so I'm much more concerned about Calgary than Arizona. Arizona's biggest concern is getting a rink ready. Uh, aside from that, wherever they be, are going to be playing, they're going to be a good team in two years. Uh, Calgary is a long way away. So whereas with Winnipeg, that's the other thing with Winnipeg. I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but Calgary would have been a much better place. Calgary, Winnipeg has been able to stay competitive uh, and retool on the fly because they were able to sign Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebach. If Calgary is able to sign Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau, it's a completely different scenario. Um, so that's, that, is, that is the door that Winnipeg has access to. Calgary is staring at a window and thinking it's a, a screen door. It is a completely different proposition. And so that's that's the difference. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think, uh, you know, as much as, as the stats girly in me hates to admit it, um, you know, there is a huge chunk of, and I said this last game, the capital V vibes when it comes to a lot of these things, right, where with, you know, the motivation and, and having the right pieces that kind of work together in tandem. And you think about, remember when you're in high school, not high school, like elementary school, and you do that little exercise where everyone stands in a circle and then at the same time, you all, like, turn around and you, like, sit on each other. And everyone is able no. to prop each other. No, you don't remember this? Maybe I sound crazy. But it's like you're sitting no on someone else. About. And someone else is sitting on you and you're sitting in a circle. And everyone is able to hold each other up. Even, like, you're being held up, but you're also holding someone else up. And it's kind of like a – it's a chain exercise. It's a trust exercise. Maybe maybe my class just had more, you know, psychological problems than yours did, Mike, did, did you go to, like did, you go to, did you go to a Montessori school? <laughs> No, no, I went to a crazy rural school where we hit each other with pillow sacks and, and, you know, had a good time. So, you know, I, but it's all that's to say, it's the kind of thing where it's like when one thing starts working and something else works too, and all of a sudden it's growing in tandem and, and you're able to, you know, if a certain part of your game or a certain player is, you know, sulking a little bit because of a certain something, you have all these other good things going on that can help prop it up. And all of a sudden you have, you know, so many other pieces you can lean on. And as opposed to what Jets fans are kind of used to, which was before this, like more of the like when one thing starts going wrong and everything else starts going wrong and you have nothing super awesome to cling to, everything kind of hits the fan. And that's just really not how we're feeling right now, which is super exciting. Um, 
So just to wrap up the show here, I want to um, just uh, shout out everybody who's here in the chat right now. Thank you so much for being here. I want to open the floor up to any questions. So uh, if you guys are having any questions, um, I'd love to hear them from you guys and we can chat about them while we still have Mike here uh, for the rest of the show. Um, while I give you guys some time to do that, because I know um, my stream is a little bit behind, I saw Waiters made a comment about how I didn't lose my voice in Minnesota. So I just want to do another little shout out because um, I, for those of you who weren't at the show um, on Friday, uh, I got a chance to go watch the PW Minnesota home opener in Minneapolis this weekend and when I say got a chance I mean I bullied my parents well not bullied I, I asked my parents and gently nudged them and they they kind of agreed to you know humor me on a seven hour trip after work on Friday uh, to go for a little drive across the border down into Minneapolis and, and watch the game yesterday um, which was really really exciting and I just got back like 20 minutes before the game started, hence why I look like this, but it's just been the most amazing weekend getting to watch some professional women's hockey. Um, you know, it was a really, really cool time. I took a picture with the Ryan Hartman poster um, in the Excel Energy Center because that's what you got to do when in Rome, right? Um, but over 13,000 people um, in in company with me watching that game yesterday, so that was pretty special to be a part of, so I uh, just wanted to give a shout out to PW Hill, Minnesota, and unfortunately, as much as I hate to admit it, some really, really nice hockey fans down in Minneapolis. We had a really good time together. And uh, even though we might have some beef with them on the ice, there are certainly some pretty kind people, um, you know, uh, um, you know, as actual human beings and not just jerks on Twitter like we all are. Right. So <laughs> um, before we, we kind of head off the show here, I'll see if there are any questions or any chats here. Um, but uh, Mike, what do you want to see from this Winnipeg Jets team? Um, you know, as we get closer to the All-Star break, the last little stretch of January here, the Jets are finishing off. Um, a chunk here of a, what I like to call a little bit of an easier schedule than they have coming up later in January. We have Columbus, Chicago, and Philly on the docket coming up, and they just had their California road trip without the LA Kings, which, you know, obviously that's uh, not, not the hardest chunk of games either. Uh, what do you want to make sure that we can continue to see from them? I'd love to see them trade for Elias Lindholm. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, uh, no. <laughs> I think it'd be great. No, they. I mean, hey, it's it's kind of an interesting thought experiment. I mean, what are they going to do in terms of their deadline strategy? That's coming up in in two months. Uh, I mean, I actually don't. I, I've heard that rumor. It's it's been out there a little bit uh, where people have linked uh, Lindholm to Winnipeg, and I mean. You talk about a guy who would thrive behind somebody. I mean, Shifley and Linton down the middle would be kind of interesting. But uh, no, I mean, getting back on track. I mean, Connor Hellebuck's got to stay hot. Uh, I mean, you don't want to peak too early, obviously. Uh, this is a Winnipeg Jets team that has experience in the playoffs going far with the Western Conference Final, as, even as long how long ago that feels. Uh, and I, I want to see Cole Perfetti keep being consistent. Uh, that, that's the biggest thing for a young player in this league is just being that guy who gets a point every game or every other game. Um, it, he, I thought tonight looked like a bona fide top six forward who, you know, with, with Kyle Connor being injured, looked like a guy who has picked up some of that slack. Um, and yeah, I mean, it'll be curious to see how bonus continues to deploy Ehlers. That is obviously, again, always been a point of contention with, you know, a lot of Jets fans. Uh, if Shifley can stay hot, it's, there's a lot of, it, it really, you go up and down this lineup, it's, it's a lot of, can this guy stay hot? Um, because that's, you know, part of what this streak depends on. And as you were saying, there's some tough games coming up. Uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be definitely keeping tabs because this is a team that has surprised me, exceeded my expectations. And, you know, if they can finish first in that central, they should have a pretty favorable playoff matchup. I'm not convinced they will, but, uh, they certainly have a chance to, so yeah, lots, lots to like. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm gonna hopefully use that as as some fuel to you know you don't believe that they're gonna finish top of the central. It's it's that motivation that'll help kick our butts to hopefully secure that. Because uh, I think a lot of people in the chat here are uh, are definitely kind of on board with that and are feeling pretty optimistic. And uh, as we should, right? And I know we there was a little bit of not discourse exactly on Twitter, but I was saying it's so exciting to be cheering for a team as good as this. And you know, um, a good friend of the show, of course, Nick Lynam uh, replied. He's like, you know, being there for the lows makes these highs feel so much better and someone's like you guys keep making the playoffs like how low can the lows have possibly been for those of you who are Jets fans who have been there tried and true you know that even if the records were never like you know San Jose Sharks bad it was a tough stretch for a little while being a Jets fan you know things were feeling pretty disheartening so I you know we we deserve this we earn this it's you know a little treat yourself moment we we definitely deserve some good and honestly Calgary Flames really fans really deserve some good too. So I'm definitely my my heart goes out to them and I'm like still kind of screw those guys because every time we seem to play them they seem to want to hurt Cole Perfetti. But also, I don't know. I respect hockey fans who are passionate. Um, and every team in Canada has really passionate fan bases. And every time I see a team that's not the Oilers or the Leafs, you know, doing poorly, I really feel for their fans. So uh, hopefully Calgary's uh, you know bright days are, are coming up, but just not in the same window as the Jets to give them less competition in the West. Um, but we see so many people here in the Jets. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I feel the exact... I feel the exact same way about the Oilers, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, definitely, they're not my cup of tea. I have, hold on, you guys can see my hat wall. Um, I collect hats. It's really incomplete, but my Oilers hat is on there. Never been worn. It just goes on the wall. Like, that's never <laughs> going out in public. That's that's for the collection only. But um, I see we got a lot of people in the chat here. We got Julian, we got Lucas, we got Waiters, we got Jeff, we got James, we got Peter. We have so many people here, guys. Make sure you like the stream. I'm so happy everyone's here. I feel like the streams are always so much more fun when you have something to be really, really excited about or the off chance you have just a really bad game sometimes it's nice to have a space to go but <laughs> the best part of all this is that we're never doing it alone we're always here with each other getting really excited about the good times or venting to each other about the bad so thank you so much for being here i'm going to be back here on tuesday um with brian from the level fly podcast talking uh jets and blue jackets fortunately no patrick lining in the lineup so i don't get to talk about that which is my favorite hobby uh, and then i'll also be here um for the chicago blackhawks game and the philadelphia flyers game later this week while brady is on vacation so lots of less content on game over so um do with that what you will hopefully that makes you excited if it doesn't don't hurt my feelings and just don't tell me that. <laughs> but Mike, thank you so much for joining me on the show tonight. It's been super fun. Always a blast to have you on and hear your perspective um, on, on our team from a more out-of-market perspective, but also kind of all your insights specific to the teams that we're playing against. So thank you so much for joining me. Before you head out, plug, tell everyone where you work, what you do, and where they can find you. Uh, I write a daily face-off. Uh, we'll have our power rankings weekly up on Monday. Uh, I write those with Scott Maxwell. Uh, we'll probably have the Jets pretty high, probably the highest that they've been all season. Uh, I don't know about if they'll be number one, but they'll be pretty darn close. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, dailyfaceup.com. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Mike T. Gould. Amazing. Well, thank you so much again for joining me. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Make sure you like the stream on your way out. Hit subscribe if you haven't done that already. We're almost at 100,000, so we're getting real close to that milestone. We'd love to hit it uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, which would be amazing. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you so much for being here, and we will see you on Tuesday. Take care.